welcome all to another episode of All Things Adventures in Odyssey. I'm your host, Clint Brahms, and today we'll be discussing episode 932, As Buck Would Have It, Part 2. Before we begin, I would be remiss not to mention the brilliance of this title. Obviously, it is a reference to As Luck Would Have It, which is a common enough phrase. They switch out luck for buck because, guess what, they rhyme. And this episode is very much about how Buck would have it, how he wants things, who he wants to adopt him. Therefore, the adoption will go as Buck would have it. Get it? I'm sure you did, but I thought I'd point out the obvious here. Very clever title. Great job, Kathy Buchanan. Now I have to put a slight downer on things. I've only just received word that they are planning another uh, Buck episode in the future, and it is called A Streak of Good Buck. Tentatively called that. That is not a final name. I implore anyone working with Odyssey, do not choose that title. I unfortunately know nothing more about that episode, so I can't give you a better one, but please, please no. (laughs) Please no. So, we start out part two with Buck and Jules coming back from Harlanville. We get the idea that Buck's not really happy with anybody right now. The music in these episodes, and especially right here, is great. I love how they pull in uh, the acoustic guitar, the fiddle, maybe even a banjo a few times. It's just really great. I love it. And we cut straight to dinner, and Buck is still under a misapprehension about why the Meltzners want to adopt him, and so he rejects their adoption plans. Eugene and Katrina are crushed. Their emotion here, their acting is just fantastic. Exemplary. Later, Buck explains his feelings to Jules as they track down Sheriff Stone's house. And once we get into the garage, it's cool to see how similar Buck and his father are. They have the same favorite foods. They both played football. They like fishing. Great to see things like that. We get much more of a sense of how much Cash loved his son when we find out he uses Buck's fingerprint for the safe. Fingerprints never change, and it's part of his DNA, so even that, in a way, is something that Buck got from his father. As they open the safe, we get some somber piano music, and it takes us back to Eugene and Katrina. They're very sad. Obviously, they're unable to have children of their own, and the one child that they had really bonded with has just rejected them and we can imagine how hard that is on them and we see that play out in the scene back to buck it's amazing on re-listen how many times sheriff stone tells buck to hand him the letter i didn't even notice how many times he asked my first time listening honestly i was not expecting stone to be the bad guy in all this they find the map reference decker road and stone starts laughing he knows exactly what is going on He asks for the map something like four or five times, and Buck puts it back in the safe, and he and Jules split. Jules is a terrible actor, but Shoney Kennedy is a great actor. It's hard to act like a bad actor, and obviously, the real bad actor here is Sheriff Stone. There you go, have fun with that. Buck is rightfully suspicious of Stone. He recognizes his desire for the map. We visit Green Tree and get confirmation that Cash did work with Skint multiple times, and we also get word about the Goldwyn case, where Cash neglected to steal the most valuable things in the shop, and shortly thereafter, the Descartes diamond is name-dropped. But all of that kind of goes by the wayside as soon as Buck realizes that his foster father had his real father arrested. Buck is extremely angry at Eugene, yells at him, stomps around, and I have to be honest, it's hard for me to feel sympathy. I guess he's going through something hard, but come on, your dad was a deadbeat who stole a car. Eugene was smart enough to catch him. That's not his fault. Eugene's, I don't know, he just sounds so perplexed there. You feel so bad for him. Eugene says, I had just started at the college, so I was barely a teenager. That's hilarious. 
And we get that this occurrence was a little over 16 years ago. So we can place Eugene at about 30 years old in this episode. It's what I imagine Kathy Buchanan framed the timelines in these episodes with. And it sounds about right, Eugene being 30. Connie's maybe 27, which is 103. Anyway, in Eugene's recollection of his words to his foster parents at the courthouse, we get another setup that will pay off later. And Buck leaves his foster parents. And again, maybe I'm supposed to, but I really don't sympathize with him at all. But we get him and Jules starting to crack the code, figure out what's going on. And this is a great little plot here. Mr. Goldwyn stole the Descartes diamond, so then it became free pickings for any thief who knew about it, as there was no way Goldwyn could report the loss. And again, we get another money name, in this case, Goldwyn. This tradition started all the way back in Green Ring, and I've tried to find a way to pull in Sheriff Stone and Green Tree to that, and I can come up with some ways that their names might relate to money, but it's so obscure I think Kathy Buchanan wasn't really trying to incorporate them into the money name thing. Buck reveals that he can get into the garage no problem. The code is 4713, and I wonder if that is something special or if it's just random. They grab the map, but Stone starts chasing them, and that's where we go out on this episode. And finally, we get a good chase. It's been too long. But you won't have to wait too long for our next episode. It will be out very shortly, but I'm afraid that is all for now. So until next time, I'm looking forward to the adventure. (laughs) 